The NBA Gambling Podcast and the Sports Gam Podcast are now presented by Edge Boost. Edge Boost enables you to double your bet with no interest. Go to sportsgampodcast.com slash edge to get started today. And welcome, everybody, to the NBA Gambling Podcast. It is a rare Monday night episode, currently late May the 29th. I'm your host for the episode, Scott Rochelle, joined by Mr. I bet my entire invoice on the Celtics, Delonte <laughs> Smith. And together, we're going to recap what happened in Game 7 of the Eastern Conference Finals, or what we thought might be a good game. It was fun. I had a lot of fun watching it. I know some people didn't, but overall, Miami's now going to the finals. We'll talk about that and what our overall takeaways were, and maybe a brief discussion on the future of Boston and what we might expect to see in the finals. But Delonte, how's it going with you? I know before we went on air, uh, you told me that you might have pivoted off of what you initially had, just to make sure your invoice is still intact, correct? That's the breaking news. Yeah, we're good. We're good with the invoice. Yeah, we might we might add it a little a uh, little extra to come out on top a little. But outside of that, man, yeah, went totally not like I handicapped the game. Um, I mean, Miami showed up and showed out for sure. Uh, ugly game, and I thought I, I actually wrote an article today, and I put in like I think the exact sentence that I put was the uglier the game, the better it is for Miami, and that seemed to be exactly true. And and it came out Butler Martin. Um, pretty much won that won that game for those guys. Uh, yeah, second time in a well, I guess not in a row because they went to the final and lost. But yeah, man, back to back years of heartbreak for Celtics. Uh, the Tatum injury might have robbed us a little bit of a better game, but it is what it is when the outcome. So congrats to Miami, well deserved for sure. First eight seed since the Knicks in '99. Yeah. yeah. They got swept yep. by the Spurs, so hopefully yeah, Miami fares better than that. But still, <laughs> uh, either way, uh, to go through my plays from the show for Game 7, I absolutely crushed it. I think I won everything that I had. I had the Heat plus the 7.5. That won easily. I had the under. That won easily. I had Caleb Martin double-double. Massive sweat. I can't believe he was still in the game up 30 with about a minute to go, but he got his 10th rebound with about 40 seconds to go, plus 370, cashed that to the bank. That was my dog there. And then I had a couple of parlays, which I ended up creating with uh, Adam Rosenberg, and we kind of were trying to cook into the Discord, and we actually did. Usually when you have those last-second get-togethers to generate a parlay, you're just lighting money on fire. That was not the case in this one. We actually crushed it. So to yeah, go through the parlays, you know, before, yeah, to go through the continue. parlays that uh, I ended up having, uh, the one that I won was roughly plus eleven hundred. Brogdon under five and a half points. I can't believe it was plus money at five and a half. That was insane. Butler twenty five plus points. White ten plus points. Adebayo eight plus rebounds. Martin six plus rebounds. Tatum eight plus rebounds and Horford six plus rebounds. That paid out a plus eleven eighty one. That was a winner. However, I was one Derek White three pointer away in a separate parlay for making eleven hundred dollars. I had a separate plus forty five hundred parlay. Bam under seventeen and a half points. Butler under six and a half assists. White three plus threes. Bam nine and a half uh, over on the rebounds. And Martin ten plus rebounds. White went two of nine from three, and as a result, I lost that one. So I had a very nice day with the parlays, with the straight bets, with Martin, with the heat, with the under. It was a great day for me. But anything you want to share about your personal bets, any player props? I know that we have a discussion to have about the awards from the Eastern (laughs) Conference Finals. But for the sake of the game, 
How you doing on the player props? Uh, so I did okay. Uh, I got buried on Tatum. I was on him pretty heavy on his points, but I did get his rebounds and uh, rebounds plus assists uh, to the window. Um, I got Bam under ten and a half rebounds, so I think that's a bad landing spot for the books because it opened nine and a half, closed ten and a half, and he landed ten. And I also had his assists over, uh, so that was that was pretty good. I have Vincent under um, 19 and a half points, rebounds, and assists that cashed. I'm not even going to see you. I had Caleb. I had Caleb Martin points, rebounds, and assists under. I'm ashamed. Well, to you say, said you were going to take the under on every role player. And right, Struce, right. as far as Except I know, Struce. went under. Right. Yeah. He no, no, but I, I took Struce over. He's the only one that I oh, took. Okay. Over. All right. Yeah. My best. I took Struce over, and I took um Duncan over, even what though was, I know at Duncan the end, at? Duncan was uh, seven and a half. Oh, okay. Yeah. So, um, yeah, he got there. Uh, who else did I put on Boston? I played Robert Williams over. Uh, he got there. I got buried on Tatum. I played smart. I played smart over, but he didn't do anything. Horford under. Uh, Derek White points, rebounds, and assists under. Jalen under points, rebounds, and assists. Um, Brogdon, I played his threes under, which was only a half, but it was still plus money. Yeah. Um, yeah, man, I had a decent day as far as. Uh, prop was, but like I said, I got out of that Miami, the um, Boston position immediately. I know we talked about it before we got on, but as soon as I saw how the, how it was going and how the body language was of Miami versus what Boston was doing, along with seeing Tatum's ankle and how he was just dragging his leg to the court, yeah, I got out of that immediately. Immediately, yeah. As soon as the uh, com- but- as soon as the commercial break went. Uh, besides that, I also know I leaned to the over on turnovers for Tatum and Brown because they couldn't solve a zone. Tatum went under. Brown had eight turnovers. So, yeah, that went well over. Yeah. Uh, I, do you think it's time to actually start going through the actual game? Because I feel like we went through our actual bets. But most people are going to look at the game and just go, well, Boston no-showed it. Miami buried them, and that's the end of that, and that's the end of the show. But I feel like there's more detail we can go into for the sake of this. I'm not going to say Boston was going to win. But Tatum got hurt in the first minute of the game, or like the first three minutes, and that changed the entire complexion of the game, as far as I'm concerned. Because Boston had no backup plan. Their entire offensive game plan for the last three games was, Tatum, please do something. I beg you, please drop 30 points. And once Tatum got hurt, and I know he had a couple of dunks there uh, to get some free points at the end there, he couldn't generate separation. He could really he couldn't dribble that much. Miami got him involved in every single defensive possession, which I thought was huge because they wanted to tire him out on the defensive end, and he also couldn't stay in front of anybody. So I thought Miami did a good job of realizing that Tatum was hurt, and they went at him. Butler also got injured midway through the game. Yeah, I saw that. Yeah, and saw that. unlike what Miami did, Boston never really went at Butler. They kind of just kept trying to go at the other guys, and I thought they could have tried to make life more difficult for Butler trying to make sure that he was actually giving energy on defense. It really seemed like Butler the entire second half was trying to cherry pick at the three-point line for steals and dunks. Didn't it look that way? <laughs> yeah, a little bit. Uh, he got one uh, off the Jalen. Uh, I think I think he got stripped by – was it Lowry that stripped him and got it up I'm to tr- Jimmy for the dunk? I think that kind of – Butler had open. two. He had one in the first half where he stripped Tatum, and there was one in the second half where I think he stripped Brown, I think. Yeah, that's but, what it was, and he got he got the breakaway dunk, um, and Missoula called a timeout. Yeah, I think that's kind of where they were on the brink of like blowing it open. Yeah, but to go quickly through the rest of Boston's team, nobody else stepped up. Once again, with Tatum being the main guy, the problem is nobody else was willing to step up, which was the problem. 
and Brown attempted 23 shots, went one for nine from three. Shout out to Boston, by the way. People who thought that, you know, seven for 35 can't happen again. You're right. They went nine of 42. They went nine of 42 from three. So, yeah, yeah, it did happen again. But nobody else did anything. I mean, I thought Horford had effort, but Derek White was good. Couldn't hit a three. Once again, killed my parlay by a three. But White had a good surge there in the third quarter where it looked like he was the only guy doing anything. But Brogdon played. I don't know why he couldn't move. He was completely useless. Brogdon was a minus 15 in seven minutes, which is just (laughs) absolutely disgusting. But yeah, I don't really have much more to say about Boston. I know the coaching was a problem. And once again, I wasn't giving Missoula flowers because they ended up making shots at the end of games. And once again, White hit the miracle tip in at the buzzer just so they ended up making it to game seven. Missoula didn't really do much, but to be honest, do you want do you want to blame Missoula for this game because Tatum got hurt and nobody did anything? Yeah, I mean, I don't I don't blame I don't blame him for it. I mean, that kind of throws a like a wrench into your whole game entire game. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, he he tried. I give him I give him credit for trying at least and trying to get it out. But you could see he couldn't even land. He couldn't even land the right way. He was like being iffy on on such like jumpers and going to the lane, even off the the Euro dunk. You could see him grimacing a little bit. Uh, so, yeah, I don't blame him. I mean, you know, I was one of the people who, like, I didn't put a ton of the blame on him, just a little bit. I put maybe, like, 60-40 on him and the players. So, I wasn't, like, burying him like everybody else was. But I did I did think that he, you know, deserved some blame, of course. But, I mean, I think he'll be better next year. Uh, I'm, I'm assuming they're going to bring him back. He'll, he'll have a full staff. I mean, he's kind of just thrown into this, it's, I mean, to a team that was – you know, expected to go back to the NBA Finals. Well, he's got the built-in alibi, because if Tatum was healthy, we would have won. Is that true? I don't know, but that's the yeah, argument they're going to use. Yeah, we can say it because we can't prove it. That's the, hey, that's this. He gets a built-in excuse, but I mean, either way, I mean, he was just, he was dealt a bad hand from the jump. Um, not saying, that's not to, you know, because if he would have won, it would have been different, but he still was not allowed a full offseason as a, because when did that, um, when did that email stuff happen? Like during that happened during, a couple weeks before the season at that point. Right. So it's kind of like, you know, he's in there. Will Hardy's gone. Um, the other coach that went, who was that? Who was the other coach? The Jazz, the Jazz's coach. Is that Will Hardy? Well, half the staff left with right. Hardy to go to Utah, from what right. I remember. Right. So, yeah. So, I mean, you got to give him some kind of slack, I guess, uh, if you're from an ownership perspective. But Boston, I guess, people who cover the team and people who followed him more in-depth than, than both of us do. They say Brad Stevens loves him. Uh, so, I mean, you know, we'll, we'll see how it goes. But I don't think I don't think it was as much to do with Boston being bad than it was Miami being good. So I want to give them a, a ton of credit for I think it was a coming mix. out and capitalizing. It was, it was a mix because, once again, Tatum was their one and only option. And when he would, became a decoy, which is what he was for the entire game, he was a decoy, they were screwed. The hierarchy was out of place. Boston had no idea what they were doing with any possession. Miami had some really bad possessions too, but at least they had some motions. They were trying to get some open looks. A lot of backdoor cuts as the game went on, and Martin couldn't miss from three for the majority of the game, which helped. But I've said it before, and I'll say it again. I think Missoula is an abysmal coach. I've said it. Now, I'm not fully blaming him for Game 7 because, once again, Tatum got hurt, and there were also some issues with the players not having any mental toughness. I just don't think he's a good X's and O's coach. 
simply put. And I think I think that he constantly got bailed out by the talent of his players instead of actually trying to put his players in the best position to succeed. And because of that, once Tatum went down, Missoula had no backup plan. There was nothing. They were just trying to scramble, and they were, at no point even came close to anything besides White going crazy for the first five minutes of the third quarter. So I don't think Missoula is a good coach. But once again, Tatum getting hurt definitely had a big impact. Brown also can't make a smart decision with the basketball to save his life. He can't, can't dribble. He, dribble? he had eight Why turnovers. Miami was just daring him to have the ball in his hands because they knew they were going to get a break the other way, and Jeez. they did. But I'm going to pivot over to Miami because that was the main discussion I wanted for Boston. Tatum got injured. It sucks. But once again, Boston had no backup plan. As yeah. for Miami, they were really close to blowing a 3-0 lead, and everyone on Twitter was on pace to potentially uh, completely flip on Spolstra and Butler. And now everyone loves them again because they kept making quotes and they finally backed it up. Spolstra's quote of, we want to play Game 7 right now, right which sounded now. like the cheesiest <laughs> quote of all time. Right. Suddenly it looks pretty good. That's all I'm saying. The quotes look a lot better right after you win. And also the Derek White buzzer beater went from a top five moment in NBA history to the Aaron Boone home run in baseball where you didn't even win the title <laughs> anyway, so why do you, like who cares? That's kind of how I'm looking at it. But either way for Miami, shout out to Caleb Martin, who was a consistent just beast the entire series, who played 45 minutes. I said he would play 45 minutes in this game, and he played exactly 45. Shout out to him for getting the 10th rebound in the final minute when they were up 20. And shout out to him for also going four of six from three, 11 of 16 from the floor for 26 points. Now, Butler played well, kind of. He was pretty passive early on. Then he woke up a little bit in the second quarter. Third quarter, he was very good in the first like three minutes to set the tone. Then he kind of went quiet again, and then he woke up again uh, late third quarter, and then in the late fourth quarter with some stat padding backdoor cuts, yeah. for being honest. But still, finished yeah, with 28 that's exactly points. What, that's exactly what it was. That's exactly what happened, but he had 28-7-6. He played pretty well. Played 43 minutes, which is five less minutes than I thought he was going to play. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to save Bam for later because Bam's going to have to go up against Jokic, and I'll save that for a second. Vincent was okay. Strews really didn't do much, but he had a couple of big threes, uh, which kind of helped get the Heat back on track. Robinson, same thing, had a couple of shots there, but for the most part was quiet. I liked how Highsmith played. I think Highsmith gave them some good energy there in the second quarter. Yeah. Kyle Lowry, though, was really, really good. You know, was. I was roasting was. him for potentially being washed, and I'm not saying that he's got a lot left in the tank, but for a game seven, he showed up. He had he seven did. points. Seven rebounds, five steals, uh, five, no, not five steals, sorry, five assists. He was a plus 26, a team high plus 26 in 24 minutes. He was great. Yeah. Simply yeah. put, and Lowry was, was really yeah. good off the bench. He was. And it went, I guess it had more to do with what he, like the stat line didn't show, like extra possessions, keeping like tippings and, you know, extra, extra ball movement whenever he's getting the ball, finding the right guys, and getting guys in the right spot. Yeah, I thought he was defense. I thought his defense was especially really good on smart at times. Kyle times. Lowry, seven rebounds in 24 minutes. Right. Yeah, man. I, I thought I thought he played extremely well. Um, the Heat, they just find ways to do it. And, and I think that zone kind of preserved a, a lot of Jimmy's legs whenever he took a hit to mm -hmm. the knee. And I've seen that. Uh, I saw that. And I didn't, I, didn't think that, I didn't think the broadcasters were making that big of a deal about it. 
Um, I guess because he didn't come out or anything. But, yeah, I mean, I don't know what you can say about Miami. I mean, they shot the lights out this entire series. I think what did they shoot tonight? Uh, shot 14 of 28 from, from three, only six free throws. Like, also, we just a reminder about- here, the Heat had six points roughly halfway through the first quarter. Right. Right. And I mean, I thought it was going to be one of those games where they resort back to the regular season heat and they just can't make a shot. Uh, but they turned it on. They got their To be honest, even if they offense. did, they might have still won this game because Boston couldn't have shot. They might have won anyway. But yeah. And um, I mean, they only had 19 points uh, off turnovers and I thought it would be a whole lot more than that. Boston turned it over 15 times. Um, yeah. Brown had more than half the turnovers for the entire <laughs> he team. Did, he but- had Miami won by 19 and only attempted six free throws. How often does that happen? Butler used to shoot six free throws in the first quarter. Yeah, he had two. And those were in the final couple. Those were like the final three minutes of the fourth quarter. Yeah, I don't think this was I don't think this was Miami's A game. I thought it was maybe their like C plus game. It really was. It was just an F minus game from Boston. Yeah. That's fair. I mean, they scored their lowest first quarter point total in the entire season in the biggest game of the year. Scored 15 points in the first quarter. They started, I believe it was 0 for 14 from three. Ended up going 9 of 42. I think Cornette hit a three-pointer in like the final minute, so it was even worse (laughs) than that when the game actually mattered. But I think Muscala came in and hit a three as soon as he got in. I said it was Cornette. It might have been Muscala. It was one of those two. Really tall white center hit a three-pointer in the corner. (laughs) I don't know which one it was. Right. No, no, you were right. It's... uh... It was. I thought yeah, it was Cornette, but I'm not totally sure. It doesn't really matter. Yeah, it doesn't. It doesn't. But yeah, anyway, it was Muscala. I'll ask you this, though. We're going to pivot and talk a little bit about the potential future of Boston and what they might have to do moving forward. Not too far in depth, but a little bit of talk. And we're also going to talk about Miami, maybe briefly about their potential chances against Denver. We're going to have a separate show for the finals preview, but we can at least talk about it. But you have anything else you want to add on this game before we move on? Um, do I, uh, no, I don't, I don't, I don't. Okay, cool. Uh, so, uh, we're going to talk about the Celtics next and what they might have to do moving forward. But before we actually do that, I want, uh, want to talk to you about our sponsor, Edge Boost. Have you signed up for Edge Boost yet? If not, you're missing out. Edge Boost is the world's first bet now pay later visa card. Similar to buy now pay, la- uh, pay later programs, Edge Boost enables you to double your bet with no interest and pay back the advance over four equal weekly installments. That's right, 0% interest. Simply deposit funds into your account and Edge Boost will match the deposit so you can use two times the funds on any legal sports betting site. Edge currently offers up to $2,500 advances. Up to $2,500 you can add to your bankroll. My Edge Boost double down play of the day is, at this point, I don't even know. Denver minus one and a half games in the NBA Finals. I don't even know what the odds are. Whatever. Uh, go to sportscampodcast.com slash edge to sign up today. That's sportscampodcast.com slash edge. Must be 21 years or older to use only valid and legal gambling states. Problem gambling? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Welcome back, everyone, to the NBA Gambling Podcast for the recap show here for the Eastern Conference Finals Game 7. We just talked about the game and how one team showed up and how one team completely crumbled when their best player got hurt in the first three minutes of the game. Now it's time to look big picture for Boston because with the new CBA, they might have to let some guys go. Uh, I don't know if you listened to the Bill Simmons podcast. They kind of broke down the new CBA agreement, like a 40-minute breakdown there. Very informative. I actually recommend listening to it if you wanted to learn more about the labor negotiations and stuff like that. But long story short, a lot of teams are going to have to remake the rosters. And Tatum and Brown are kind of going to be your duo no matter what. I'm assuming they're going to re-sign Brown. 
I don't know if they're going to trade him. I don't know if his trade value is diminished after what just happened in the series. I'm not sure. I think Boston's going to keep him. I'll ask. I'll start there. Do you think Brown is wearing a Celtics jersey starting next year? Yeah, he has. He has to be if they want to continue to get to peak levels and you know try to get a championship. They're not going to do it without. Uh, without Jalen Brown, not as long as they have Tatum. I mean, of course, if they go out and get, well, if they could have like went out and got, you know, Kevin Durant or something like that, then that's a different story. Mm-hmm. But they, if they're to, if they want to go to the finals again, they won't be able to do it with just Jason Tatum. They're going to have to have both of those guys uh, in a Celtics uniform. I mean, he he didn't play well in the series. Um, honestly, I don't think he played well this throughout this playoffs. Uh, maybe a couple games here and there. Um, but yeah, they're going to have to keep him if they want to. Uh, contend and keep contending for championships. For me, I'm on the fence about it. I do I do think he's going to be in a Celtics jersey for next year, at least the start of it. The problem is, simply put, I don't think Tatum and Brown are good enough tandem to win a title. Just simply mm-hmm. put, I don't trust them in big games. Tatum proved himself more than Brown did, and I'm not going to fully roast Tatum for this game because he rolled his ankle three minutes in. So I'm, that's a completely fluke situation. And Tatum did avenge his previous chokes with the 50-plus point game in Game 7 against Philly. Brown vanishes all the time in the playoffs, and at some point, you got to at least acknowledge that maybe he's just not that guy. Now, I'm not saying he's as soft as, like, Carl Anthony Towns or maybe (laughs) DeAndre Ayton or some of these guys, James Harden, who constantly vanish in playoff series, but Brown's kind of brutal in a lot of these playoff games, and... I got it at least pointed out. I'll ask you this. Assuming Boston keeps relatively the same core, do you actually think Tatum and Brown are good enough to win a title? Forget about quote-unquote contending. Can you see a world where those two guys lift the trophy? Yeah, I can. I can, I can see it. Um, but I think that's mostly going to have to be, you know, next, like an even higher step by Tatum. So, By Tatum I think or by have- Brown? No, no, I think Tatum's good because I don't know if I think Brown might have reached his ceiling, like second team all NBA. That's the problem I, think, I have. If this think, is his ceiling, his ceiling, especially in playoff time, they're not winning a title if he's your second. But I think point. he can get. I think he can get better um, in in the playoffs. I mean, he's played in a lot of playoff series, so that's it is kind of troubling that he hasn't played. That's the point. You'd assume at some point he'd have some comfort level with it. Yeah, and the thing with it, I don't know if maybe this. You know the trade stuff was was getting to him, um, or, or whatever the case may be. So I think he is going to be in a jersey. But the bigger question that we got to ask ourselves is if he actually wants to be in a Celtics jersey. So we heard all the stuff you know leading up to this, and of course you know none of that's going to sound good after the three game win streak. But now when things calm down and they're not playing anymore, it's kind of like does he really want to be there? And they could probably. Well, I'm assuming they could sign and trade him if they you know if they felt like they could get. I get a, a better bargain or whatever, but um, in in theory, let's say you could trade him to Portland, get the third pick in the draft, which maybe Scoot Henderson, who knows, Simons, and maybe a couple other picks. Is that tempting at all to you? No, they'll get they'll get beat in the first round. They probably would. My point yeah. is, yeah, long 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 term, yeah, long term maybe. Like Tatum is what Tatum's twenty four, twenty five. No, it just feels like he's 25 because everyone kept making jokes. He was 21 for about 15 straight years. Yeah, uh, so I got to see how old Tatum is. I want to say he's like 27, but I got to pull it up. Yeah, I, I think he's only like 20. Tatum is actually only 25. How the hell is he only 25 yeah. years old? 
Man, you're that good that early. Like he was in the Eastern Conference Finals as a rookie. Hang on a second. I'm older than Jason Tatum. Yeah, man. Yeah, oh, that's unfortunate. Okay. Yeah, wow. That's it's, unfortunate. It's Jalen Brown. That's a year. Uh, he came in a year before. Yeah. Um, I knew that. I didn't now. realize Tatum was 25. Yeah. Yeah. He's young, man. He, he was on that. Uh, remember that list that the NBA does? They always do 25 and under, like the best players. Yeah, but I saw on that list for eight years. So I, I always lost track of what <laughs> year I was looking at. He's been yeah, on that list since he was like 19 years old. So I don't yeah, know if that man. even meant much to me. But yeah. for the most part, my, my point is. I don't think they're a good enough duo to win a championship. And yes, I know with Simons and with some picks, they're going to lose earlier in the first round. But long term, I think they'll be better off. I'm just not a Jalen Brown guy in terms of big games. And I do think he's proven time and time again, whether it involves a lack of a bag or just a lack of an overall decision making or decision processing unit in his head. I just think that they're better off potentially moving elsewhere at least trying something new, they're not going to. They're going to keep it together. Tatum and Brown are attached to the hip, so I think they're going to keep it together. But with how badly he played in the series, Boston fans might be all over him in the offseason, and that might push (laughs) him away. So we'll see what happens. But besides that, though, uh, we both think Missoula is going to be back, correct? Yeah, I think he'll be back. Yeah. I I thought he he should be, but I think he will. Even if they got swept, I thought he was. I thought he was going to be back. I mean, just like just hearing some of the things that people, you know, that cover the team or, or whatever, like Brad and uh, I guess higher up, they just they like him and they love him. I mean, he's put in a, a tough position to to succeed. So I mean, he got he got them to the Eastern Conference Finals. Uh, I mean, it's not a you know, it's not a moral victory or anything. Uh, not in, not in the NBA, but he got them there under tough circumstances. He wasn't even in the first row of the coaches. He lost his whole staff. He yeah. didn't have a full offseason as oh, a the coach. Scenario He's not was he was set up for failure. Yeah. Don't get me wrong. But. Yeah. But so, I mean, now don't get me wrong. You know, I'm not taking up for him and saying that he's good at his job or anything. I think he's better than a lot of people actually think he is. And some of the things that transpired in the series and throughout this playoffs, I think, had more to do with the players than the actual coach. Not taking away blame from him, but just, you know, being as fair as you can be. I mean, I don't think all of it's to blame on him. Is he a bad coach? I don't know. It's just a small sample size. Did, did he make a few bad decisions within this playoff run? Absolutely he did. It's, like, it's not really just the decisions. It's the fact that it felt like he didn't learn anything in the span of five months. Yeah, I mean, I can respect that. I can, I can, I can respect that, yeah. It's but one I thing mean, if you show me progress. The only reason right. why people think there was progress being made is because they were winning games. But right. once again, and it's I don't because think he had, they were more talented I think he had a lot than every other that. team. Right. And I don't think he had I don't think he did a lot of adjusting there. Maybe small stuff, but I mean nothing too crazy. Um, I know just, Miami they, runs a unique defense. You saw a zone defense for seven games, and you couldn't solve a zone for seven games. Not in a little That's bit. a problem. Yeah, that 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 is that's a big problem. It's coaching. So, so that's my point. The players, of course, weren't great. They're a relatively soft team mentally. Even though I know they won a couple elimination games against even weaker teams mentally than themselves. But I'm not a Missoula guy. I think he'll be back next year, though. So I do think Boston has already been eliminated from NBA title contention next year if they bring back Brown the point and Missoula. So we'll point see. Guard. Point guard two, Brogdon. I don't know. I mean, he was injured. We'll see how he does. But Brogdon's always hurt. That's the story. He'll, of his he'll, yeah, he'll, so, he'll be fine. He'll be fine. But, but I'm yeah. saying, I don't know if you can rely on him in a playoff run because he gets hurt all the time. And we saw that again this year. So Boston is in a weird spot. 
because their overall roster is fine, especially with most of the other teams having to revamp everything with the new hard cap, basically, which is happening in the NBA. But I still don't really trust their stars enough, and I think that's going to be their Achilles heel moving forward. As for Miami, this team now gets to face off against Denver. I saw Denver was around minus 360. They have a massive rest advantage. Miami will not have to cancel their flights to Denver, so that's <laughs> a big deal for them. But I do want to ask you this, because I was saving my opinion on one Miami player for this moment. I got to talk about Bam. I thought Bam sucked tonight. Full disclosure, I thought he was awful. He could not hit a layup on anybody. He had a couple of chances to hit layups on Derek White, and he was afraid to back down Derek White, which was just embarrassing to watch. He ended up picking it up late, did a good job on the boards in the fourth quarter, uh, ended up having a couple of layups there where Boston was kind of half full court pressing, and he ended up having a couple of runs to the rim. Bam looked invisible for about three quarters, and he got into foul trouble as well on some illegal screens and some stuff like that. And then it's, he kind of picked it up a little bit with a mix of Boston really just kind of leaving him alone when they were trying to trap. But now Bam has to face off against Jokic. I'm just going to put it this way. People <laughs> say that Bam's one of the best defensive centers in the league. I can understand that argument. He is. Bam's going to get cooked in this series, right? I mean, who, who the hell is I don't, even, I don't just this? mean defensively. I mean offensively and defensively. I mean, He's going to get killed out there, right? Like, are we on, Are we on the same page here? Yeah, I mean, I don't think it's a center or anybody that we just saw. We saw what he did to Anthony Davis. And Anthony Davis is like one of the premier big on big defenders. And he was getting double. He was having to have double teams. And Bam is not as big as AD is. So, yeah, it's going to be interesting to see what Spo does to kind of, I guess, um, deal with him. I guess. I guess he's gonna have to. He's gonna have to mask it. I, I'm guessing he's gonna throw love on him. I mean, I know we just we're not gonna we're gonna preview it later on, but I think he's gonna have to use a lot of love. Um, he's gonna have right, to shout use out to a Kevin lot. Love, who did not play the last two games, but is going back to the NBA finals. But he's shout gonna to be him. big in this series, though. He's gonna have to be big in this series. Yeah, he's gonna need um, to because Miami doesn't have enough bodies. Right. Exactly. So I think I think Zeller's gonna be big. They're gonna have to play him. Um. They're going to have to put multiple bodies on them and, and throw different looks at them. Uh, that zone probably is not going to work because, I mean, Malone is going to figure it out. He's not going to. Well, it's not like going to work because Jokic is actually an elite passer, which is something yeah. Boston does not have. So he and is put him in the middle of that zone. They can get guys wide open. Yeah, that's true. So yeah, I so think that's the big difference here. My, yeah, Boston Cam has to average facilitators. Yeah, Cam has to average about 20. Two twenty-three points for them to be competitive here because uh, Jimmy's going to be Jimmy. Um, those role guys, I think they're going to have a lot more confidence going into um, this series than they did uh, in this in this past series. The confidence is only going to keep growing. Um, I don't know. If Hero Martin can is, do any better, but yes, yeah. I mean, they don't even like the the thing is they don't even need him to be twenty-four and ten. All they need him to do is you know thirteen to sixteen. In in that. this Denver series, they they might need twenty four and ten. If I'm being honest, they might. Yeah, I need mean, it, but, but if if you get, if you get fifteen from Struess and fifteen from Vincent, sixteen here, yeah, one of one of them is yeah. going to have a, a big game every other every other night. I mean, they, they've shown that. And I mean, Hero is clear for basketball activities. He, he was shooting um, even before Game Six. He was shooting. 
Um, and, I'm concerned they're going to rush him back, and he's going to look really underwhelming when he comes back, and he might sabotage the rotations. But we'll see what happens. Uh, full, uh, full Jameer Nelson mode whenever they play. Potentially, uh, yeah. And, Potentially uh, yeah, a Jameer Nelson situation, but yeah, sure. still, what was that 09 when they lost in the finals uh, to the Lakers? Was it 09? Ye- oh, oh, eight maybe. I think that was 09. I think uh, maybe, okay. maybe I don't know. I think it was 09. But anyway. Point is, I just briefly touch upon the Heat, which I praised all their guys because most of them played really well tonight. I thought Bam was brutal. Even though he picked it up in the second half and defensively he had some moments there, he drew a couple of charges with his chin. So there's that. But still, Bam really seemed underwhelming the entire game, and that's not going to suddenly change for me. I was all over his unders uh, for points. I was all over his overs for rebounds, so I actually called this game correctly to a T. But Bam, I didn't think looked good, and he's going to have to play a lot better against Jokic. And truth is, I thought Boston, I know Robert Williams went to the locker room a little bit, and I know that he was kind of in and out of the lineup. I thought he should have played more. Miami had no answers for him at all the entire game, and they just pulled him after like 15 minutes. He was kind of kicking Bam's ass, and they just didn't use him enough. All series. I... What, what was it? Williams missed, was it one shot the entire series? Uh, nah, he was, um, I wrote it down. Uh, he missed one he shot was, the entire series. Let me see. Let me check his, let me check his, what's it, man? Um, okay, the first two games, he he didn't miss. He was six of six and five of five. Then he went four of eight, three of five, three of three. Yeah, four I take it five, back. Four, he, he shot 78.4% from the floor. <laughs> yeah. He averaged nine, yeah. he averaged 9.4 points per game. In 19 minutes per game, you're really yeah. telling me he couldn't have gotten more minutes. Yeah, and the defense was there. He was he was good yeah. on switches. Now early on in the series, he was bad. He he was bad. Like I thought he, he did a very good job on Butler tonight. Yeah, yeah. I mean, blocks but, there. Like the yeah the first few the first few games, he was bad though, like defensively. Yeah, and that's why in game uh, three, his minutes kind of went down here because he was you know not being able to be good on switches, which is what he was known for doing. You know his length on on those perimeter guys, but yeah, I mean it's gonna it's it's gonna be a good well I think it's gonna be a good series for Denver um, coming up, but it's gonna be interesting to see what Spo does because Spo's gonna have something. He's gonna have something. And to your uh, to your point, I don't have the numbers in front of me, but I was uh, listening to uh, maybe Tim Bontemps, I think maybe Tim Bontemps, uh, Brian Windhorst, and the numbers for Joker against Bam, they aren't good. Like well for Bam that is Joker has annihilated him. I think he's like yeah. I was gonna say like you, I'm, like, I'm pretty sure Joker has completely owned him in every meeting. Yeah, had, I think but... I think he's like ten and two straight up. Uh, I think he's averaging like twenty seven, thirteen and nine or like something insane. I have to why you why you talk? I'll, I'll look that up. So. Well, I was gonna quickly pull up some future prices. Once again, we're not gonna fully break down the series because we're gonna do that later on in the week, but. I wanted to at least talk about the series briefly because we kind of have to at this point because Miami's now in a brutal scheduling spot. They have two days off, then they're playing in altitude. So I'm assuming Denver's going to kill them in game one. Do we agree on that? Absolutely. Absolutely. So Denver's a laying eight and a half in game one. Early Absolutely. lean Denver. I think they buried Miami in game one. Not to mention Butler tweaking his ankle, so maybe Miami just rolls over in that game. But I wanted to look for the actual odds just to briefly bring it up. I saw Denver was around minus 360 uh, to win the NBA Finals, uh, which is now at minus 420. So that's been that's actually kind of fitting. That's Denver, and it's at 420. But that doesn't exactly surprise me. But to look at anything else, though, 
I'm trying to see if there's a series actual uh, spread here. So Denver is minus one and a half games, but you can get two and a half games at plus 130. Personally, mm-hmm. briefly talking about it, I think Denver wins in four or five. I think Denver kicks the crap out of this team, personally. Now, I know other people are going to look at me and go, Miami's here. They've proven people wrong the entire playoffs. They're going to prove wrong. Oh, okay, sure. Like <laughs> De- Denver's the best team in the league. I feel like us on the show might have been in denial about it for a while. I was willing to accept it, but I was still hesitant because of all the past struggles that Denver might have had in the playoffs, and I wanted to see how they would fare Middle of that Phoenix series, I'm looking at this team like, oh, this team is just different. And then you saw them against the Lakers, and it's like, oh, this team is really different. And then Miami, once again, they beat... When you really look back on it, the Eastern Conference kind of sucked, didn't it? Can we say I that? Mean, I mean, outside of, you know, the Milwaukee thing and with, you know, without Giannis, I mean, they're a totally different team, obviously, with Giannis than without. So I just thought... Like, looking at, but let's, let's give Miami full credit for the yeah. Milwaukee series, even with yeah, no, I, I will. Let's yeah, give yeah, full credit. Yeah. You had Philly and you had Boston. Would we agree those are two of the mentally weakest finals contenders that we've seen in a long time? Yeah, with 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 two uh, with Rivers and coaches. with Missoula yeah. as coach, yeah. like that. That's yeah. rough. Yeah. So the point is, I'm impressed Miami made it up up to this point. Obviously, because nobody thought they were going to. I think Denver's a different animal. Simply put, I, th- I think Denver's yeah, going to win the series comfortably. You brought up the Knicks in 99, being the eight seed to make it to the NBA Finals. They got swept. I think Denver <laughs> wins the series comfortably, personally. So my initial thought on the series, I think Denver might actually sweep this team, but I'll go Denver in five to be nice. But I do uh, like the minus two and a half games at plus 130. I, th- I think that's a great deal at plus 130. Yeah, my gut, my just initial gut reaction is to take Denver in six because I think Spo can get a game and I think Butler can get a game. Okay. Um, that's just that's just my gut reaction without digging into like matchups or anything like that. But I, I don't disagree with you because originally, whenever I was, I basically was preparing for um, Miami to close them out in like five games, like the close out Boston in five games. So I was already like pre prepping for Denver. I said the comeback was doable after game four, cause it was only one road game. But then I said in the podcast for game seven, I would be less surprised than most people. If Miami pulled this off because Boston is such an underwhelming team in big moments in terms of actual clutch performance and in terms of coaching, so I was not as shocked as most people that Miami pulled this off tonight, but most people thought Miami was going to sweep once they won game three. Yeah, I thought they would at least, you know, close them out in, in five or six. But I know uh, you had Boston in game four, but as most people thought that Boston was going to get swept in game four. Yeah, so, um, yeah, just my initial just gut reaction is just to take Denver in six. Um, I don't disagree with you, though, as far as, like, from a standpoint of, a bad spot in game one after you just went through what you went through mentally and you seen uh, Butler's knee and, you know, going to altitude, going to altitude with rest is even at, you're even already at a disadvantage. So going in there after you had a war now, granted this game wasn't as physical or as I guess, I guess it wasn't as, it wasn't as competitive as as we thought it was going to be, so that didn't take much out of them. But the series, I think, did mentally, 
and and physically. So that's the advantage for um for Denver in game one. So I'm thinking you're already down 0-1. That's that's what I, that's how I'm going into it. So you're already down 1-0. I think Spoke can get one. I think uh, I think Jimmy can go with nuclear and have a 40-50 point game and, and, and win one. So by the way, so uh, I, I looked up the odds. I found it on DraftKings. Uh, Denver minus one and a half games is minus one fifty. Denver mm-hmm. minus two and a half games is plus one forty five. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I, I'd have to I'd have to look into it a little bit more, but I don't hate your take, like because from just from like a a matchup perspective, like Denver. Does Denver is such a bad matchup for Miami. Right, right. It is. They they do everything well, and Miami just doesn't have the horses to be able to sustain some of the things that Denver does. And Denver's playing really well defensively, which was kind of the Achilles heel in the regular season, quote unquote. But they played really well defensively in the playoffs. And I thought that was I think we both were pioneering that um on on this show. So uh yeah, it's gonna be tough. It's it's, it's gonna be really really tough. But like I said, I I, I got respect for for Jimmy and, and, and Spo to to get two games. So, uh, well, yeah, my initial is just Nuggets in six. Yeah, my initial is either Denver in four or five. But I'll take the yeah. plus one forty five uh, if I had to yeah, give it know. out right now. But we'll yeah, go into a deeper breakdown later on in the week for the NBA Finals as well as individual games, of course, which we're gonna keep doing. Uh, besides that, though, anything else you want to add? It doesn't have anything to do with Game 7, but we're not going to have a show tomorrow, so I'm not sure when we can talk about it. You want to briefly discuss the Nick Nurse sign or hire? Uh, honestly, I'm indifferent. One of my uh, friends, well, my cousin, he texted me and asked me about the Nick Nurse thing. I'm, like, completely, like, indifferent on it. I don't know if he's a good coach or not. They didn't. I mean, he had a good run with Kawhi, but again, Kawhi was playing out of his mind, and, and that he, in the final, yeah, and that like it was injury riddled. Like, I mean, we all know if Kevin Durant and Clay Thompson don't get hurt, they're not winning that series. So, I, mean, I don't know how much credit you give him. I mean, what you going to give him credit for running a box in one, box in two? They came back from two nothing down against Milwaukee. I thought that mm-hmm. was impressive. Yeah, I mean, again. I thought it was more than Kawhi. Anytime you come back, when the final four games down two nothing, I'll be impressed. Yeah, that's fair. I don't know if he's a good coach. To, I to put it in. They had a, re- they had a really underrated. They had an un- such an underratedly stacked team, though, with Kawhi and Prime Lowry. Siakam was still very solid. Marcus Saul went before he was totally washed. Uh, you had Van Vliet off the bench. Norman Powell. Oh, yeah, they had a squad. Yeah, I thought they got. I thought they got some. I, they I, got think, I think Powell was on that team. That, that was, who, who, I think that who was else did they beat? The Trent trade. Did they they beat Philly, Milwaukee, um, and who was the other? Philly team was the was well. They beat Orlando in the first round because DJ Augustine at the game winning shot in Game One, and they immediately <laughs> lost the next four games. What then were you had they? The Kawhi shot. Then you had the Milwaukee uh, comeback there from two nothing down, and then you had the NBA Finals. Yeah. So. Yeah, I mean, I don't know if he's a good coach. I'm not gonna lie. Uh, I guess people think he is because I mean, he won a title. But we saw I had, what I had issues with Nurse the last couple of years with some of his decision making. But the one thing I will give him credit for, he's not afraid to experiment, which is right. something That's that Spolstra excels yeah. in. Spolstra is going to push the envelope and do unorthodox things like play a makeshift zone because he knows that it's something that can even maybe 
an overall mismatch because he just relies on his coaching to put teams in a position they're not prepared for. Yeah. Nurse will do that. Yeah, Nurse will give you unique yeah. defensive looks. He'll play the starters 40-something minutes a game because he needs to, which with Embiid might be a terrible combo. It's a separate story. But the point is, I, th- I like Nurse as a coach. Do I think he's amazing? Amazing? No, I think he's good though. I think he's top ten. Some people see. Some people think he's like a mate, like top six, seven coach. Yeah, I don't know. His he's low with a lot are- of coaches though. So like the bar is low, but he's definitely top ten. His rotations are horrible. So if you thought Doc's rotations were horrible, Philly fans better get used to it. Because well, jokes, jokes on you because you think Philly actually has rotation guys. <laughs> Who the hell does Philly have in the rotation? That's a fair point. You want more minutes for Shake Milton? I know I want more minutes for um I like Melton. Yeah, I do like Melton and Reed, Paul Reed. Yeah. Uh, B-ball yeah. Reed. Yeah, I like I like Paul oh, Reed. Reed's going to uh, play a lot of minutes once Embiid gets hurt playing 40 minutes a week straight. <laughs> so, you know, Reed's going to be a great fantasy addition halfway through the year next year, but right. <laughs> right. I like the hire. At the end of the day, you went from Doc Rivers to a coach that won a title who from a is not to a mystery of choking, who has really brought some Toronto teams that were not the most talented in the world to some pretty close spots. They had that game seven in the bubble against Boston where they were getting buried in that series and actually made a series out of it. So I do like Nurse as a coach. I'm not as high as other people are on him, but it's a mm-hmm. massive upgrade over Doc Rivers. Yeah, see, I don't opinion. know. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know if I don't know if he's like that much better than Doc. I don't know. For your goals it is, because you know Doc's not gonna win a title again. Yeah, I don't know Nurse if he has a chance to. Yeah, I mean, maybe. Yeah, I don't know. I, I just, I just don't know. Um, I got to see more from him. I guess that's a cop out answer, but yeah, I'm not yeah, sure he's I mean, as good as people wrong. think he is. I mean, we're gonna see how it goes, but I, I think the hire is fine. I'm shocked Nurse took the job. I thought Nurse would potentially get a job somewhere else, but James Harden's probably not gonna be there next year, especially with the new CBA. So they're gonna have some cap space. You're probably looking at Max C and Embiid. So we'll see how that goes. And Tobias Harris, they'll get beaten for. I'm sure they will, but <laughs> paying Harden $50 million a year at this point is the definition yeah. of, of sabotaging your franchise. <laughs> right. Houston okay. can do that because as of right now, they have no future. So they're going to just deal. They're going to see what happens and go from there. They do but, have the king of Houston. Uh, they do. <laughs> king of Houston. Jim. I don't think he's ever won more than 20 games in a season, but he's the king of Houston. So we'll see what happens. I think Shingun's actually the king of Houston, but people aren't ready mm-hmm. for that conversation yet. But <laughs> I wanted yet. to bring that up. Uh, but we covered Game 7. We covered the Celtics' future. You're a bit higher on them than I am. I think they're just a standard, good, regular season, mediocre playoff team. That's what I see from Boston. But once again, we'll see what happens moving forward. Say goodbye to Grant Williams, though. They can't afford him anymore, so he's not going to be there. Uh, yeah, yeah. But uh, besides that, we talked about Miami and how they were able to get it done. Uh, give Caleb Martin a key to the city. Give him $500 million. Give him whatever the hell he wants. Give him a team. Give him a little ownership stake in the team. Whatever you want. Sign his brother. Sign his brother, Cody. I'm, I'm going to tell my grandkids about the Eastern Conference Finals 2023 Caleb Martin performance. But besides that, though, we covered briefly the NBA Finals. I think we kind of dragged this out long enough, don't you? Yeah, Caleb Martin got wrong. He should have won it. He shouldn't have won the MVP. 5 4 plus 3,500. Fucking, fucking Reggie Miller. I wasn't wrong. I said Butler was going to get it, and he got it, but it felt dirty. <laughs> it felt really, really dirty, I'm, like, yeah. I'm being honest. It was like yeah. watching the Heisman Trophy when one player is a finalist, but all of his games take place in the West Coast, 
So you know that 90% of the 55-year-old-plus voters did not watch him play a single game in college, and there's no chance know. they're going to vote for him, and they're voting for the SEC running back. Yeah, yeah. I felt like uh, – I, I don't know if you watched the session, but I felt like Ken Roy last night in the finale, man, when they – I didn't watch it. I, I actually have not watched Succession yet. Yes. Well, I don't want to spoil it for you, but yeah, I heard it's, I, a, it's a great show from what I heard. I'll, I'll watch it. At yeah, some pe- point. yeah. People, people who are watching, they they know what I'm talking about. What, what happened? That's how I felt when Jimmy raised that trophy. Fair enough. But either way, props to Miami once again. Yeah, do what they had to do. Yeah, now they're flying yes. to Denver. Uh, yeah. I don't know if you saw that by the way. Bam was holding the Eastern Conference uh, title trophy, him. and Listen, he looked man, at I'll... Butler and he <laughs> offered to hand the trophy over to Butler. And Butler gave him a look like, "Are you out of your damn mind?" And he just shook his head, no, didn't touch the trophy. Yeah, did, did was it me or did Jimmy just look like he was just like not pleased? Like he, I don't know. If oh, he's it was like, like, funny. He's, he's walking that off the in? court, and they hand they handed him the hat. That said, like Eastern Conference champions, and he just rips the hat out of her hands and keeps walking to the locker room. Yeah, man. I, I don't know. So, Jimmy looks like he's like in. He's man. totally Jimmy's wired in. in. Yeah. He's to be fair, in. the point probably is we made the finals before we lost. So he's not celebrating because he wants to win the thing. I don't think he's going to, but once again, it. props to him for making it. I respect it. So do I. But once again, congrats to Miami. Congrats to Butler. Congrats yep. to Martin. Uh, congrats to me for hitting a parlay to win like 600 bucks. And congrats <laughs> to you for a live cashing out of your invoice bet. And now you have multiple invoices. So congrats. That's, that's what you, yeah. yeah, we're back later on in the week once again to go through the NBA Finals for the preview. And we'll go through every game individually. But until next time, good luck to all of you and all of your bets. Bye, everyone. Basketball. Give me, give me, give me the ball because I'm going to. Basketball, give me, give me, give me the ball.